Good afternoon, Ben. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm a guy with a camera here. If you die, can I have your car? Sweet. <laughs> Curious rambling. Welcome, Albert. <laughs> what? Welcome. So, oh. thanks for joining us, or joining me here in Doubleview, Doubleview. in the Palace of Doubleview. How do you like the uh, How do you like the dual mic setup that I finally managed to get going? It's awesome. I think it's working. Awesome. This podcast is going to be a bit of a different one, I think, today. Why is that? <laughs> because just we, with your editing pasting things back and oh yeah because we've had to we cool. did our uh our chat before we did our weekly recap so this is like a fake a fake intro yeah <laughs> <laughs> so what do we have in front of us ben uh the seasonal barinko juicy pale ale it's a, let me just look at my notes. I don't have many notes, but it is a WAB in mm-hmm. Maylands. Yep. It's a silky and aromatic with hoppy, light bitterness, and plenty of passion fruit, mango, and pineapple. Those three ingredients just, oh, just spoke to me as soon as I read them. It smells good. It smells lovely. Mm, viva. So, Viva. I don't know what the IBU is. Are you getting any of those flavors? I've just done like mouthwash, so I don't know if my mouth is now tarnished. Um, a little bit, maybe. I'm getting grapefruit, I think. Grapefruit. When you mix all three together, you get grapefruit. <laughs> it's uh, it's actually nice. It's not. I thought it would be cloudier. Yeah. Like more of a juicy, like a, a hop. Not what's that stuff? Biggie juice. Yeah. But um, it looks. Yeah, yeah it's. It's nice. The label's really good. I have to say. That's what sort of uh, got my interest on this. Was, was the labels? There was yeah. a few of them sitting next to each other. I think there was like four different ones. Yeah. And I thought. Yeah, that looks nice. I will get a can of that. Look, it does look very fresh. You have yeah. to say the label does. It is nice. I oh. enjoy it. What's that? Took a photo of the wrong side. <laughs> Do you take the photo of the barcode? <laughs> yeah, because the barcode, <laughs> oh, that looks like the front as well, okay. doesn't it? Yeah, sure thing. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just quickly get a snap. That's way better. Uh, so how's your week been? Yeah, yeah, it's been all right. What I've been doing... Struggling to get back into exercise and eating right after my five-week holidays. So just <laughs> eating like a maniac and still drinking too much. So the pants are starting to get a bit tight again. Uh, finished The Witcher 3, finally. Oh, nice. Oh, so happy with it because the first time I played it, I had the worst possible ending where the main character died and everyone died and it was terrible and I felt like I wasted, you know, a hundred hours of my life, whatever. <laughs> this time I wasted a hundred hours of my life and... Got the perfect ending, so pretty happy with that. Uh, do you know, have you heard about, actually no, I'll ask after that. How's your week? Uh, bonjour, ça va? Bonjour. Oh yeah, so this is my, <laughs> my French t-shirt. How's your week been, Albert? My week's been pretty good. Uh-huh. The only really interesting thing that happened to me in the past week or so was I had a little bit of a growth. You could say it's, it's called a blue nevis in my finger. Oh, yeah. having a, I've got dirty fingernails. Yeah, that's from blue waffles, don't you? Blue waffles. So a blue nevis is a little bit of a growth. I think it's similar to a mole. It can become cancerous, but the doctor was pretty confident that I could leave it and nothing would happen. So you're going to pull three? But I thought, yeah, I thought, nah, let's get it cut out. Mm-hmm. So I went to the doctors, got it cut out. Yeah. But before I got it cut out, they had to... They gave me a needle, uh, what's it called, uh, anaesthetic. Yeah. Because, yeah, they did cut it out, they shaved it. Oh, okay. But after I looked at it, it looked like they cut a chunk of my finger off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something you could have but just done as yourself. Just, just before they gave me the needle, 
the lady goes, how are you with needles? Do you faint or anything like that? And I'm not a needle man. Yeah. A little bit anxious. Yeah. A little bit of anxiety. I go, I should be fine. She goes, would you like a lollipop? Oh, really? I was like, yes, please. Yeah, but you would have... <laughs> what lollipop Just did you get? Just for the sugar. What lollipop did you get? Chopper shop. Oh, premium. She goes, what one would you like? And I said, what flavors do you have? What flavors did you get? Because I... <laughs> Raspberry. Okay, good. Because... I don't like the cola ones or the ice cream flavored ones they came out with. That's strawberry, raspberry, cola. I yeah. don't mind cola, but raspberry's the go. Raspberry's good. Strawberry and strawberry. Strawberry. I'm going to the library to read about strawberries. <laughs> um, strawberries, I think, pretty good, and raspberry as well. And then the guy rang me. So they took the chunk off and they went and sent it somewhere to get a little. Oh, uh, yeah. What, what's it called? A, a biopsy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. See exactly what it was. Mm. So I get a phone call four or five days later from the doctor. Yeah. And he goes, have you ever had a tattoo? <laughs> what? And I said, no. And he goes, what's come back is that what I cut out was a tattoo. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So you just that's stabbed yourself with a pen. I've never had a tattoo. No. He said, that's odd. It's It came back as a tattoo. Possibly maybe it's something else that got stuck in there. But yeah, it's come back so as a tattoo. Ink. So then I was thinking, hmm, back in the Swiss days... Have I gone to bed and the old joke by like the Swiss crew, the Southern Anger, let's put a little dot on Albert's finger. Did they ever tattoo themselves? Or, yes. Oh, they did. Yes, I yes. remember. Yes. So not tattoo themselves. They went to a tattoo artist who they knew. After oh, night out, okay. Yeah. I was thinking, have those bastards, I've just passed out. And I thought, let's just do a, a tiny dot, dot on yeah. Albert's finger. Yeah. So he thinks it's cancer in so, 10 years time. And then <laughs> it was so weird. Yeah. So I don't know what's happening there. That I've had funny. a tattoo my whole life. But I'm sure it was so you'll... weird. It was... Yeah. All right. Well, that's I've good news. A, I've actually had a tattoo. Not anymore, though. You just had it removed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Shaved off. Yeah, good stuff. Um, you what, know... What beer do we... Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, no. Go. Uh, this beer... Sorry, we're drinking another another beer. Let's not pretend it's our first beer. This is my favorite brewery in, in the world, Eagle Bay. You've gone the lager. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't think I've seen the lager before and the can is like just this beautiful blue color so it stood out to me and i'm a big fan of just easy drinking lagers you are i actually bought a six pack of swan draft the other day just so i could have a nice beer at home but so yeah eagle bay lager what do they say about it it's flavorful yet refreshing with hints of spice and citrus clean crisp and simply delicious i would concur with everything they've written about that it's good beer do you remember how you spoke about AI, and uh, you sent me a link to that Dali E open AI yeah. thing to make art. Yep. So some of the chaps at work were talking about, uh, have you heard it? It's called... Chat G- Chat GPT. GPT. Yep. Open AI. Yeah, GPT. GPT. I GPT. GPT. God, Grand Boulevard. What's the habit? They were talking about, and they're, you know, some of them are a bit older. Should we try this? Yeah, the beer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Cheers, Viva. Cheers, Viva. I've already tried it. It's good. It's just a lager, like... It's very lagerish. Hmm. Just easy to drink lager. Mm. Solid. Eagle Bay is good. Solid, yeah. They're the best. Looking forward to the sponsorship. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're talking about the the AI. One of the guys plugged in a write me a story about this, yeah. and they read the story, and they're just like their minds are blown. Because, you know, they're not familiar with AI and everything like that. And then I showed, I told one of the guys about the art, and he's like, "Get out of here!" And I put in, I said, "Come on, just tell me what you got a picture of." And then he said, three boobs." And I was like, "They can't do that. They've got some rules." Um, so I did a put in his little story and yeah. showed him the artwork and just mind blown. Do you reckon it's good that Dali here? It's, 
I don't know. I think it's a bit hit and miss, yeah. and I'm not sure if it's because the descriptions and putting in aren't sort some of awesome stuff that people get out. Yeah, of there, there seems to be. Uh, it's but, funny um, that you bring that up. Today, this morning, I was on my Instagram and I saw a photo that won. There was some photo competition, and this photo won. I don't know if it was best ocean photo, and it was uh, looked like a drone shot yeah. of a wave during sunset and two guys surfing. Mm. So this photographer submitted it. He's won it. Mm. but it's an AI photo AI. so AI has created that photo yep and he submitted it so that was an experiment that he did yep to see he's like surely it wouldn't win and it won, it won. he let them know yeah that it was an AI photo and he gave back the money okay so he was very honest very honest but I was reading some of the comments and there's quite a few photographers were commenting. So there's one guy called Paul Nicklin. There's a couple of other well-known photographers from National Geographic and all that. And it's almost, I wouldn't say they're concerned, but there is that level of almost uncertainty. What happens if AI AI just can make a photo that is a photo, but they're not even there. Yeah. What does that mean for photographers and artists? And they'll have to get real jobs. No. It's a bit scary. <laughs> yeah. Like well, even that Dali the, and the chat... Chat G- GPT. Yeah. Students have been using them to write uh, essays, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Because uh, it uses sort of like humanistic language. So scary. it's good. I, I think it's great. I can't wait for our evil AI overlords to take over. Speaking of which, you don't watch The Last of Us because you don't have... Binge. Can, I, can you binge. give me your login? No. <laughs> I do not believe. That's theft, Albert. You know, at the beginning of videos back in the day, yeah. they said video piracy is crime or something like that yeah. really stuck with me as a child <laughs> so but so, so yeah right. my password so login is nah um I might be able to share it with you please for a fee those lips are looking pretty chapped <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that's no, so good it's uh four episodes in it's very much like the games really excellent I'm also watching or I've finished watching Another one I think it's on HBO or Binge is The White Lotus. Have you heard no. people talking about that? That's pretty cool. It's just about this uh, resort sort of franchi- uh, yeah, franchise. And it explores the lives of the, some guests and hotel staffs yeah. who all sort of like have their own things going on. Yeah. And, you know, they have, they're sort of interconnected and intertwined. And, yeah, there's a bit of a bit of a mystery of the way it opens. And you're sort of fighting, trying to figure out what happens with that opening scene, what occurred to get to that point. So, yeah, it's really good. I recommend forking out for binge and watching it awesome so what i'm watching is physical 100 a korean tv show so i think squid games yeah but reality show people don't die the yep. physical challenges whether there's some things that are more strength focused more balance more mm-hmm. teamwork awesome yeah physical 100 check it out i think i've heard about it uh, wasn't there a similar show in australia the challenge or something like that was there yeah we're a bunch of like quote-unquote celebrities oh. you know the influence oh that really flopped yeah, didn't it i think so yeah okay uh, so yeah so we're talking to neil now so neil is from the tasmanian awareness group of australia tasmanian thylacine awareness group of australia <laughs> so let's let's cut that out so neil's from the thylacine neil's from so would you like me to do it yeah. <laughs> yeah neil's from the thylacine awareness group of australia there you go, you can do the rest and, now. And yeah, we're going to have a good chat to him about the thylacine and I think it will be a really interesting chat. Tasmanian tiger, right? Yep, all that. Yep. Looks, more like a, looks more like a dingo than a tiger or a dog. Yeah, it's a marsupial. It is, yeah. I was a bit confused. I thought 
what is this thing? And then <laughs> and his jaw opens 90 degrees as well, apparently. Yeah, it's definitely an impressive creature. Yeah, anyway, we'll learn some more when we chat to Neil. Hey, look out. Hey, well, it looks nice where you are. Yeah, I'm on top of a mountain 680 metres up in the sky. Wow. We're on Albert's second floor. <laughs> there you go. There's Bass Strait. Oh, beautiful. Awesome. And there's, uh, what's that? That's out sort of southwest, no, southeast from where I am. Um, I work in a fire tower over summer. All right. And spot bushfires. I actually work for forestries. <laughs> of all things. Wow, so you just wait for the so, smoke uh, and then call the fireys, do you? Yeah, yeah, I basically keep an eye out for smoke, plumes of smoke, and um, we do a weather report every hour and just monitor the conditions, the fire conditions, if one does start up. And then they um, punch all that into their computers and work out fire predictability and stuff like that. Wow. So it may happen that someone calls me on the two-way while I'm talking to you. Okay. And at five to four my time, which is about 45 minutes or whatever, I've got to um, do another weather report. But I can just text that through today. We don't have to do the two-way today, but one of my off-siders in one of the other towers may call no the two-way at some stage. So I'll have to just pause things if that happens. No problem. That's all good. All right. Thanks heaps so, for joining us. That's all right. What, now, you're Albert. Yeah, I'm Albert name. here. Yep. Oh, you're Albert? Albert and with the hat. I'm Ben. On... I'm Ben. Yep. Cool. Yep. I'm the one Tell who sent you all the emails. about your podcast, guys. Yeah, so we started the podcast last year um, in April. It was sort of Ben's idea, and I was a little bit hesitant, and then we just, just decided to do it, and then it just ended up having guests. So we've had various guests. So what we do is we talk a little bit about, we have a beer of the week, um, we have a couple of topics and we try and also call in a guest or have someone local. So whether it's a musician, artist, surfer, um, mountaineering people we've had. I lived in Switzerland for 11 years, so I know quite a few Swiss people who are into their snowboarding, skiing and mountaineering and all that. So we just, um, each time we so do the podcast. a of stuff you like to talk about, but it's mainly your outdoorsy stuff, yeah? That's whoever wants to come on and talk about whatever they're doing or passionate about and then the conversations we have before vary just what we've been doing a lot of stupid stuff because we're pretty immature for 38 year old guys <laughs> um, so, nothing wrong with that yeah yeah <laughs> so so that's the gist of it yeah and actually okay. I, I came across your Instagram profile or your name I saw it would have been I think about three four months ago there was a, a whole lot of chat or some articles about cloning thylacines and the mammoth yeah, yeah. and all that and I think I was reading that I can't remember if I saw your name in the article or there was a related article about a sighting and that's where your name came up and then I had a bit of a look and I just thought it'd be super interesting to talk to you you've you've founded the thylacine awareness group of Tasmania is that right of Australia um, yeah. we have got a, a Tasmanian Facebook group for that but we don't even use it anymore because it's just too it's, it's pointless having you know like s smaller subsidiaries because it's just all encompassing anyway so yeah. we keep it all under the one banner basically yeah oh, okay yeah yeah 
And how did your interest start in thylacines? Uh, from my own sightings, actually. I had um, a sighting in 2010 when I first moved to Tassie. Yeah. Um, and then I had another sighting in 2014. And a couple of days later, I found a big trackway of prints in a creek near my house. And that got me even more interested. I videoed that. Um, but I never took any plaster casts because I was still a bit wet behind the ears back then. <laughs> um, and then um, when I got back to Adelaide, I got quite sick and I was bedridden for about two and a half weeks. So I sat on the laptop searching things and got on Facebook and found a couple of groups on there and pages. And, and cut a long story short, um, in November of 2014, I started Thylacine Awareness Group in South Australia as a group. Yeah. Um, and then when we released our first video that we had um, given to us in 2016, just before we released it, we changed, we dropped the South and just made it Australian yeah, because of the whole hugeness of the um, phenomenon, I guess. Yeah. So there are people um, all over the all over Australia then that are, I guess, interested in in thylacine and trying to track them down and see if there's any still still alive. Not just in Tasmania, just groups people all over the country. Yeah, mate, look, Perth, you're in Perth, eh? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Near Perth? Yeah. Yeah, look, we had about four sightings last year that were on the edge of Perth, like on the foothills there. So they're very much a um, national um, thing. It happens in Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria. South Australia gets a lot of sightings, so does Victoria. Um, but Western Australia has its fair share as well and a lot of history of it in Western Australia too with obviously the Nanup Tiger yeah. and around Bellinger and um, Bustleton and a few other places down the southwest. There's a long, long history of sightings in those areas. So, yeah, cause... yeah it's, it's definitely not just a Tasmanian thing. That's why I called it the Thylacine Awareness Group because Tasmanian Tiger is too geographically um, challenging, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, from, from my understanding, I've, I've been interested in this topic for a while now. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but the thylacines, they were all across the mainland in Australia as well. And yeah. and what I've heard and read is that it was the dingoes sort of, the competition with the dingoes ended up making it harder for them to really survive on the mainland. And that's why they sort of died out in the mainland and carried on in Tasmania. Is that correct? Yeah, that's the theory. Um, uh, I, um, a scientist at Adelaide University a few years back decided that climate change would be a good word to add in there as also adding to their yeah. um, demise on the mainland. It's a trendy thing to use. Um, but the fact of the matter is, and I'll say it to I'm blue in the face, they're far from extinct on the mainland yep. and never have been. So, yeah, the science is um, playing catch up to their own arrogance more than anything. And when you first um, cited this thylacine back in 2010, how were your feelings? Were you scared, shocked? I was, I was a bit of nervous at first because it followed me for about 15 minutes as I was walking up the road with my dog through the bush. And um, my mm. dog took off chasing a wallaby. And um, this I could hear this thing follow me. And every time I stopped, it stopped. I couldn't see it. It was a pretty thick bush where I was. Um, but you could hear the branches crunching under its feet. It wasn't really hiding from me apart from... You know, I couldn't see it, but I could certainly hear it yeah. stalking me. Um, and they're very inquisitive critters, and, and I then learned after that that that's quite common for them to do that. I got to the top of the hill. There's a bit of a clearing. I stepped back from the track because I was a bit nervous, 
and it came out from the bush and it sat behind a clump of grass and I could see its round ears, um, the top of its head sort of thing, and I was trying to get a closer look at it sort of thing and I walked towards it. Once I saw how tall it was, I didn't feel so intimidated because it wasn't real big. Yeah. It's probably about as big as a kelpie. Um, and I got a bit too close and it took off and that was when I got a glance at the side of it. Um, so that got me buzzing a bit, but I never really did anything. And then in, when I had the sighting in 2014, coupled along with the prints that I found that I was pretty certain were thylacine because they had five-toed prints and the large, you know, foot. Um, and I, you know, just got more and more obsessed, I guess. <laughs> so it's taken you from, so you're from South Australia originally then? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, I moved to Tasmania in 2010 after losing a daughter in a car accident and I just oh. needed a change of you know, change of scenery or whatever and rebuild my life. Yeah. Um, and then I moved back to Adelaide in 2012, spent seven years back in Adelaide, then came back to Tassie in 2019, just before um, all that COVID bullshit started up. <laughs> and um, then I um, decided to get a committee, get a, um, a constitution and form a proper associated incorporated association and then we could attract membership then we could get camera sponsors then I could help sustain because I I didn't have a job back then yeah um, I've only had a job for a while um, and I was just living off of a payout that I got from my previous job in Adelaide I had a bit of a disagreement with the state government because they were my employers and they didn't want to go to court so they said here's some money shut up and go away um, <laughs> And um, I ended up back in Tassie that way. And that sort of sustained me for a couple of years, but I had to get work. I'm not on the dole. Yeah. Everyone accuses me of being on the dole and having, you know, all these funding programs to sponsor my lifestyle choices and all this shit. But I've worked like everybody else, mate, pay my bills like everybody else. So, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's how it sort of gained a bit more momentum. We started off with 30 camera sponsors. We ended up with 75. I think we're back to about 62, 64, something like that now. Um, and I've just been through all of those SD cards from those 75 cameras. Um, and it was over 100,000 videos and images that I had to check. Wow. Which takes a bit of time. And when you're working, I was actually working two jobs for a while there. I was working in a pub cooking as well. So I was in the fire tower during the day and in the pub at night. But I've thrown in the pub job because it was just too much um and so yeah at the moment um i've got to start emailing all the camera sponsors the best of the shots from the cards that's my next task and get all the cameras back out so it's pretty time consuming shit when you're a one-man operation that sounds intense because i um i do film a little bit with gopros and so, some surf stuff and just travel stuff and i and I know what it's like when you're going through just looking at 10 videos out takes ages and ages and then, so you're talking about thousands. So that's just... Yeah. And now, now I run our YouTube channel as well. So, and I'm no video editor by no means, but I get by. Yeah. So I do all the clips for our YouTube channel as well. So it doesn't leave much time for actually, you know, being out bullish doing the research that I want to do. But we had another funding campaign recently, which was reasonably successful, and we've managed to get enough money together to purchase two thermal handheld binoculars that are quite good. Um, and we've got some guys in South Australia as well that uh, cover about 20 cameras of ours, um, that some of those are sponsored. Um, and they've got a thermal handheld and a drone, and I've got a thermal handheld and a drone, so we've sort of 
brought the technology up a notch a bit, I suppose. Mm. Um, had a lot of trouble with trail cameras. They're, they're, the weather down here destroys them, essentially, in the bush. Um, it's not kind to them. But um, I got some interesting footage on the thermal the other week, and I put that up on YouTube. And um, I'm, I'm, Like I said, I'm not very good at making watermarks and things, so I put all this... <laughs> really obvious writing over it so people couldn't steal it without crediting no one's stolen it so far so it worked yeah. but there's a couple of tweets on YouTube that like to steal my stuff and yeah. you know take the piss out of me for it or whatever but you know whatever um, but yeah we um, we do alright we, we, we get our fair share of bits and pieces the print evidence that we collect from all over Australia is bang on the money um and, you know, I've shown that to dog judges and they said there's no way that's a canid of, of any sort. That's a marsupial. It has to be a marsupial because it's not a cat. Yeah. And, they, you know, they're large. I'll give you an example. Like, this is a five-toed, what I believe to be thylacine print. You can see the fifth toe up in there. Yeah. Uh, from South Australia. I had some moulds made up. Now, that was from 2016. So that's pretty big. There's my hand. You can yeah, see that's pretty yeah, big, right. yeah? Yeah. So this, I believe, is the female because this i also found with this one this is the male and you can see that's slightly bigger right wow so we get these large five-toed prints in every state of australia got plenty of examples of them from wa near perth tassie victoria south australia queensland as well um but you know the experts will tell you oh that's just a dog print you know but i don't know any dog that has a fifth digit that goes out at a right angle like that and is eight inches from there to there and has this heel as well and has this unusual splayed toes where there's these big gaps between the digits. It's clearly not a dog, but, and you know, you can compare it to Pocock's drawings of thylacine feet from 1926 and they're identical. Wow. But again, you showed Nick Mooney at the Tasmania Museum. Oh no, it's too big to be a thylacine. And it's just like, yeah, right, eh? <laughs> You're a dickhead. You know, you're obviously lying or you're just incompetent. One of the two. What else could it be? I mean, look at that. I've got a reasonably big head. That's a pretty big fucking footprint. Too. That's the size of your head, yeah. So do you get any any support from the you know Tasmanian government or anything like that to, to try and track these down? No, no it's just complete, they're no, gone. No, no, about. no one wants to support finding this animal. They only want to support millions and millions of dollars in trying to recreate it in a lab. Yeah, right. In a Petri dish, yeah. So I'm, I'm not the uh, person to talk to about pro-cloning because I... And it's not even cloning, it's gene editing. It's not cloning. That's just it. You know, it's, it's designer creations that will be owned and patented. That's Make no mistake about that. And they will never be allowed to release them in the wild. They, they, they want Jurassic Park, these idiots. And that's what they're working towards. And people like Chris Hemsworth are going to cough up 10 million bucks to be an owner of part of the, the freak show. It's history repeating itself 101. The poor things that do get created, if something does get created, are going to be shoved in a cage and have sticks poked at them for the rest of their life. So there's nothing to be gained for biodiversity or wildlife or putting back, you know, we, we owe it to fix the, the problems that mankind made. We're a load of bullshit. There's no way they can release those critters into the wild because it could end up like Jurassic Park, yeah? And that never ended good. Every movie ended in a bad, <laughs> bad way, you know? And yeah. these dickheads think that they're going to, you know, miraculously pull this off, but there's only one thing they're pulling. 
<laughs> so what what's the the, the idea I know, you know you said you're, you're not pro cloning and you're against it but what is the idea is it to get a population back is there some sort of need within the ecology of tasmania that they sh- they need to be out there and they are a natural predator for something or is it just no point whatsoever well if you if you are a um uh, a skeptic and you believe the animal's extinct then you can create the need straight away because you you think that you're going to be the social justice warrior and go out there and put these things out in the bush and you've done the right thing yeah now there is a lot of evidence to support that you do need apex predators in any environment because otherwise the herbivores go nuts and destroy all the plant life mm. so that that's not up for debate but there are still plenty of devils in tassie there's plenty of quolls the the you know, the roadkill does get cleaned up by carnivores. We, we do have a raven problem now because the devil's numbers got knocked back a bit and there's a lot of ravens now breeding like rabbits, eating up all the roadkill. Um, but, you know, at what point do we stop interfering with nature and just allow it to do its thing? Now, you know, you go to the mainland, they'd still drop airdropping 1080 baits from the sky all over the place to get rid of wild dogs and dingoes. But all the science says... If you've got dingoes in a habitat, you have less foxes, less cats, and more biodiversity. But you still can't get it through the government's thick heads because mm. they they don't want to spend any money. They just want to do everything on the cheap, yeah? Yeah. And one thing they don't want to do properly is manage our natural environments because it costs money, yeah? And they don't want to spend it on that sort of stuff. So, you know, we, we, we've got a situation where we literally have dickheads in charge following bad science, Um and but this is my opinion, you can take it or leave it, but, um, you know, they're following dodgy science in, in, in a lot of ways and it needs to be updated. It needs to be re- rethought and have a look at it, you know. So, yeah. and I can give you an example. The, the, the guy that wrote the paper for the extinction of the thylacine, right, Dr. Michael Archer, wrote that paper in 1978 and not 18, 19 years later, he popped up and said, oh, we've got to clone it, we've got to bring it back. Now, when you read his paper for extinction, it's his opinion. It's not even scientific. It's it's absolute a crock of shit. The paper for the extinction of the thylacine, I've got it. I've, I can print it and read it to you. It's it's his opinion. It, that's mm. not science. I know that. Yep. Opinions aren't science. They're just opinions. They're like arseholes. Everyone's got one. <laughs> um, you know, so... You know, if, if someone's opinion is enough to write an animal off, then why isn't someone's opinion enough to bring it back if, if there's a lot of anecdotal evidence to yeah. suggest that it's never really gone away, you know? So I'm, I guess I've got a bit of an attitude and I'm challenging their authority because I, I can see all the holes in their theories and their piss-poor science. It's just a fact. It's yeah. just not... But the media don't want to know about it because they're all pro-cloning, you know? And, and the media are, are fucked in this country. Like the ABC, I, I wouldn't watch the ABC for anything anymore. I've had it. They've, they've, they've convinced me that they do not know how to do journalism anymore. It's pathetic. It really is. So, But every time Andrew Pask from Melbourne University pops up with a numbat or a bloody dunna in his hands, they, they're all over there and it's all pro this, pro that. You know, like Al Jazeera just did a thing on it as well. They wanted me to be involved in it, and I said, "No, I'm not. I'm not giving you my two bobs worth because I know what you'll do with it." And sure enough, it was it was all pro cloning or pro gene editing, whatever you want to call it. And I'm yeah. glad I wasn't involved with it because they'll take everything that I want to say 
and I'll tell them the bits I want them to put in this article because this is important, and they leave them out every time. The media's done it to me for four or five years. They, they always leave out the bits that I really want them to say. So why should I sign a media release form for them dickheads to manipulate my words anymore and leave out all the good bits because they do it all the time. So I just, I've had enough of the media in many ways, you know, and I don't care. It doesn't, doesn't bother me. I know what I know and I feel quite comfortable in what I've proved to myself. I haven't proved much to a lot of people. Some people can see what I can see with the photos and stuff we get, but at the end of the day, mate, you're going to have to get a dead animal and you have to go into someone's office and smack them in the head with it before they'll even consider that what you've been saying for the last eight years is remotely true, you know? Yeah. So, that's the way it is. So, is the goal to uh, get get these off the extinct list and on the what's next level tier? Is it highly vulnerable or something? Is it just, just to acknowledge just to, that they're actually still out there? Is that sort of the, the awareness group's goal? Yeah, yeah. So there's a thing called the IUCN in London, and it's the International Union of Conservation of Nature, I think is what that, that stands for. Basically, every so many years, they have a symposium, and all of the scientists and biologists come in with all of their findings, and they make recommendations, and then they'll say, well, look, that devils are endangered now. We've, we've got less than 5,000, so they'll, they'll change that classification. But it goes... It goes um, uh, common, rare, vulnerable, or might vulnerable, rare, endangered, critically endangered, and then extinct. But um, you know, you can go into the Hobart Museum, and they've got this little plaque on the wall where they they come up with it, their own terminology where they call the thylacine functionally extinct. So that means <laughs> it might be there might not be there but if it is well it's not really having much influence on the environment so we're just going to ignore it but you go to the IUCN there's no such thing as functional extinction it's either extinct or it's critically endangered yeah yeah so it's all spin they're spin doctors the best of them they're all fucking spin doctors I, I can't stand many of them anymore I don't have much time for them so with your sightings um have you sort of are there locations where you're pretty confident that where they have maybe not a stronghold, but where are sort of the areas where you're super confident that, you know, obviously there's lots of sightings. Sometimes they're dogs, they're cats or whatever. And then you've got the whole big cat theory as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Where are you sort of confident that, that they are or where they I'm are located? I'm confident that they're all over southwest Western Australia. Yeah. I'm confident that they're still on the Nullarbor. I'm confident that they're still in the Northwest Kimberley region. I'm confident that they're still in Kathgadoo. I'm confident that they're from one end of Queensland to the other and right across. I'm confident that they're right through the Blue Mountains and they're also in the Western Districts, west of the Great Divide. I'm confident that they're all over Victoria like a rash. Um, I'm confident that they're all over South Gippsland. I'm confident that they're all over South Australia in just about every habitat you can mention. And obviously Tasmania, you know. So um, my two, well, I've had three sightings now um, and they're all within, you know, 10Ks of my home in northeast Tassie. So people say to me, oh, you should go to the southwest in, in the World Heritage Area. That's where they'll be. Why? You know, you, you, if you sprain an ankle in there, you need to get airlifted out by a helicopter at huge expense. Yeah. 
Um, and I've got sightings all around me. So I, I, I just say to people, if you know they're in your area, don't get distracted going way over there looking for them. Just wait for them. They'll turn up. They'll come back. They're migratory. They'll, they'll, it yeah. might not be every year. It might be every three months or it might be every two years, but they'll come back. Yeah. So it's a little bit of cat and mouse and a little bit of intuition. Um, and um, I often follow my gut instinct and I tell other people to follow their gut instinct. If that's what you think you should do, go and do it. Um, and I've been following my gut instinct on an area not too far from my home and I've got some um, really good thermal imagery the other night of an animal that is either a really big tiger quoll or a juvenile thylacine. So I've got to go out there and do some scale measurements so I can eliminate quoll. Okay. So wow. There, there, there's a lot of areas that they're seen in. I don't think they're endangered on the mainland. They may be endangered in Tassie, but I don't believe they're endangered on the mainland. I think there's probably well over, you know, a couple of thousand of them spread out over the mainland continent. Um, and they always have been there. They've probably built up, if anything, because fox numbers are down and dingo numbers are down and the indigenous folks aren't hunting as much as what they would in their traditional areas, mm -hmm. obviously because of urbanisation and stuff um, and people being removed from the land. So um, it's, um, it's, it's a really strange situation. It really is. It's, it blows my mind just how ridiculous it can be sometimes. Um, when there's just so much evidence that they won't touch, they won't enter into discussion about it. You should hear some of Archer's quotes about thylacine sightings. He's just a, an arrogant, rude, self-righteous, academic, egomaniac, as far as I can tell, because the things he says are not scientific. They're really biased and yeah. not remote. You know, science is about challenging the narrative. It's not about agreeing with every prick, you know? Yeah. That's not science. When you all concur and you all agree and you all rub shoulders and peer review your papers and go, you know, scoff, waffle on or whatever, that ain't science. That's everyone agreeing. Challenging and coming in left to field with some evidence says, well, what's this then? You know, like this fucking thing. I got this in 2016. And I've got ones from Queensland, Victoria and Tassie that all match it. They're identical. But it, it's a cosmopolitan dog, yeah? because it swims bass straight and visits down here a couple of times a year as well. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? So, none of these... Yeah. Not a zoologist, not a biologist has approached me to say, can we have a look at that? Not one. Their funding might get cut off. So it's sad. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, if you, it is. If you, are they, um, it's a travesty. With sort of the footage that you've got, are thylacines, are they generally nocturnal animals? No, they well, they can be, but that, that, there's a lot of sightings in the middle of the night, but they're known to be crepuscular, which means they're active at dawn and dusk. Okay. And there's a lot of sightings where that happens too. So, you know, I've been trout fishing in South Australia in the desert and caught a, a brown trout at 1 p.m. in the afternoon when it's 38 degrees and it's not meant to happen, but it does. You know? <laughs> so yeah. I don't argue with Mother Nature. It just does what it wants whenever it wants. Yeah. So, you know, the, the one that I filmed the other night was at 4 a.m. on a foggy night and it was cruising around hiding under the cover of the fog. Then it spotted me and it sort of sat up and it looked at me and then it just walked off. It wasn't really that concerned. Um, but, yeah, mainly dawn and dusk for hunting. And during the day, I mean, they hunt marsupials. What do marsupials do during the day? They sleep. So if you're a, a predator marsupial, the, Good time to go hunting is while your prey is snoozing under a bush. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. It's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and um, those beers are looking pretty good. There, what's going on? There? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we've got it. It's called Seasonal Brewing Co. A juicy Pale Ale. Oh, sounds yeah. like craft beer. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit, yeah. You're not a craft beer man? <laughs> I drink Cooper's Pale Ale, that's about it. Oh, that's, that was the original craft beer, wasn't it? <laughs> that was the original Pale Ale, that's for sure. Yeah, that's, no, that's a good one, yeah. Well, I guess because you, you've been, you know, south from SA, right? So, do that's like it, a Cooper's. Mother's milk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With, um, obviously, there's, there's still a lot of interest, or there's a lot, lot of interest also overseas, um, there was that movie a while back with I think William Defoe. Um, yeah. Do oh. many people from overseas um, contact you regarding doing expeditions and trails and, and you know camping and trying to find it? Well, I've had a couple of movie companies contact me over the years, and there's been talk of this, that, and the other. But generally, and I'll, I'll, and I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong, I've got a. a an audience from all over the world, and I appreciate them all, but the American movie companies, yeah. they want to come in, they've got three days to film, and they want to find a thylacine, yeah? Yeah. So it doesn't really come to much fruition with that sort of attitude towards it. Yeah. Um, but we do have a huge following from the US, the UK, um, all over Europe. South America is pretty keen on it because the South, Austra- uh, South American crew filmed a mangy dingo years ago in WA, and... Um, that went a lot through a lot of those Spanish-speaking countries in South America. Yeah. So we have a big audience with the South American folks as well. Um, so, yeah, there's a hell of a lot of interest. And, and now if you go on YouTube, every man and his dog's making videos about thylacines. And I'm, I kind of take a little bit of credit for that because I haven't <laughs> shut yeah. up about this for eight years, you know. Um, but, you know, that's all good. I, I don't really care. It's, it just annoys me when people take my stuff and then bag the crap out of me while they're using my stuff to bag the crap out of me, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to mention their names because I'm not going to give them any airtime, but um, there's two of them in particular, one's in the UK and one's in America, and they're mince heads. They, they really are. They, they're so <laughs> desperate to, you know, just... They, they make themselves famous by kicking the crap out of me, so if that's the way you're going to get there, then so be it. But, yeah, look, we, we, we just... Plot along, we do what we do, and you know the guys in South Australia do a bit. There's another lady down south near Hobart that does a bit, and then there's we've got people in Victoria. That, that there's members in every state that keep an eye out, and my idea was to share as much evidence as I could find, so people could use that as a resource, and if they found similar stuff in their area, i.e. kangaroos with their heads torn off and their lungs ripped out, which is very common, um, then you know we could build a bit of a evidence idea around the bits of evidence that people find and I just wanted to give people the resource to 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 be able to know what a thylacine footprint looks like or a, a prey animal and yeah. that's why I, I did our website the way I've done it as well and there's a page on our website called the evidence thus far yeah. where I've polled a lot of the information and I recommend you have a look at it and you'll get a bit more of an idea of why I'm such a grumpy old bastard. <laughs> So what's what's with I've seen I did watch a few videos on YouTube and such about the thylacines and you mentioned the head chopped off and I saw that come up in another video is that is that their MO is it they're just like heads and lungs they're, they're like quolls they're a blood feeder yeah. so they'll sometimes they'll just rip the throat out and they'll drink the blood and there won't be a drop of blood left in the victim right uh, other times they'll rip the head off completely 
and they go in through the neck cavity and they take the blood-filled organs, i.e. the heart and the lungs. This is well documented in Tasmania from the old guys. Some of the witnesses in recent times in Tassie in the last 30 years have mentioned it as well. Um, and we find it all over the mainland, usually when it's found. And I don't mean any disrespect to fauna rescue people because they do a fantastic job. But a lot of them are a little bit over the top with animal cruelty. Mm. And they suspect that hunters do it all the time, right? But why would a trophy hunter shoot something in the head if they want to take the head as a trophy, yeah? We've never found one headless roux with a gunshot wound. Not one. They've always just had their heads ripped off. And I'm talking six-foot adult western grey kangaroos, mate. Like, these yeah. things are a big beast. You wouldn't take one on as a, as a grown man. It'd kill you. It'd rip you to shreds, you know? Yeah. But it's been dragged down by something that's torn its head off and eaten its lungs. Now, that happens WA, South Australia, Victoria, Queensland. But, again, silence from the yeah. science community. Nothing. It's like taboo. You can't talk about large predators in Australia because otherwise people won't go camping and fishing anymore. You know. Well, what are your they, thoughts? They, they won't spend... What are your thoughts? Sorry, yeah. What are your thoughts? Slightly off topic about the whole big cat thing, panthers, leopards, sort of oh, being absolutely. released. And same with yowies. Yeah. I've actually I haven't seen a yowie, but I've had some weird shit happen. <laughs> Only the other day, I was with a mate in Queensland. I had to go up to Queensland for a, a couple of days. And he took me out to one of his yowie spots. And out of the blue, rocks just started getting showered upon us. It was really, really bizarre. So, and I'll, I'll be the first person. I don't knock anyone for whatever they reckon yeah. they've seen yet. Because then I become my own worst enemy. Because I start becoming a skeptic and narrow-minded. And I don't want to be that. So, people tell me they've experienced something. If they seem genuine, I'll take them on face value. And... And the, the fella I was with, he's very genuine. He's a good bloke, and I've been chatting to him. I've met him a couple of times before. Um, and, yeah, there was there was stones getting thrown at us from something, and then a big one landed in the creek right next to us, and it was only two foot deep. Um, so big cats, Thylacoleo, the marsupial lion, I don't believe that's extinct either, but if you ask a paleontologist, they'll tell you 10,000 years minimum. So, you know. Could that what could, would they know? They dig holes. Yeah. They look for things underground. They don't look at what's on top of the freaking ground, you know? What's a what's a yowie? I remember like an ice cream in, in primary school, a yowie, but... What? Like a Sasquatch. Oh, okay, right. A hairy man. Right. Well, that's what it was based on. Big hairy man or yeah. a little hairy man or woman. There's female yeah. yowies, obviously, because they breed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're in African folklore um, and, you know, it goes back hundreds and hundreds of years in Australia. Like, ever since settlement, there's been weird things seen in this country. Yeah. Um, but science doesn't want to deal with it. It's so fascinating. So, though. It's so fascinating around the whole world with animals that I believe may be extinct but aren't extinct, you know, whether it's in South America or in the Congo. I've been hearing some things about, um, you know, quite recently about those chimpanzees, those huge chimpanzees in the Congos that are lion eaters or whatever. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, there's... They've got some giant lizard there as well that lives in the Congo as well. And the giant snake which is about apparently 50 foot, so about 15, there's, there's about 15 newspaper articles. There's newspaper articles from Victoria in Australia of giant snakes that were trying to eat settlers when they got there, like big pythons. Jesus. So that's that one ambi. Yeah. The, the giant snake that's allegedly been extinct for thousands of years as well. But, you know, there are, and there's records of giant lizards in Western Queensland as well. 
you know, these things have been documented, but because the scientists didn't document it, it mustn't be true. There was one scientist, though, Lesouf and Burrell did an expedition in 1924, I think it was, in Queensland, and, and they said absolutely there is some sort of large feline-type marsupial, i.e. thylacoleo, a marsupial line that's still very much alive and present in Queensland. They just never managed to catch one. Um, but they saw it, they found its prints, they saw a pelt because someone had shot one, um, and they heard it. So there was zoologists back in the day that were prepared to say, yes, this thing exists, but you won't find one now. Yeah, they're very much um, like what you said. I've, I've heard that before. They go sort of with the trend, don't they? They don't want to be the outsider and be laughed at. That's it. Um, I've heard it about sort of... It's not what said, yeah. it's who says it. And if so-and-so said it, you can't challenge him because he's the authority, yeah? That's some sort of scientific respect. Mm. Look at you guys with this synchronised sculling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been practising. We've had, uh, what, 20 years of uh, practice. Um, I'm, conscious, I'm, I'm conscious of the time we've got for our uh, Zoom because we've cheaped out. We've got the free, free Zoom meeting. We only had half an hour for this. So I'm not sure how much longer. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah. I don't know if that's um, popped up. But just up. in case, if it ends up ending, um, for people who will listen to this podcast, um, what's the best way for them to follow, learn more, um, be a part of this? Well, ideally, um, you know, they can watch our stuff on YouTube, Thylacine Awareness Group of Australia. Our um, website's the same, .com.au, and then Facebook, um, and my emails at the end of every video that I do, if they want to contact me personally, they can do that. Um, and yeah, just get in touch and we'll point them in the right direction pretty much. So, you know, it's all it's all free, it's all accessible. It's just um, some people um, have trouble using search on Google sometimes. <laughs> I'm one of the people who actually every couple of months I'm searching Big Cat Sightings Australia, Thylacine Sightings Australia. So, um, always yeah. really interested in I seeing think there's that. There's big cats. There's definitely big cats. I don't sleep in my swag without my Bowie knife. I tell you, I wouldn't be lying on the ground. You're just a sausage roll waiting to be eaten. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had one recently you up know, in Lansland, didn't we? A big cat sighting. Yeah, we had um, in Lansland. So yeah, that's that a that black one down yeah. the southwest. Yeah. Do you believe? On the beach there. Do you believe the theory about that? With was it after World War? one or two where the Americans were over, they had cougars as mascots that they let them go. Do you believe in that theory? I think there's a couple of things that have contributed to it. There was a thing called Bullens Lion Parks back in the 70s before you boys saw the light of day. <laughs> and um, they were all over Australia. There was about four of them and they were like safaris and you drive through and a lot of cats escaped from them. Um, and then in transit, some cats escaped. There's evidence of cats escaping in transit in Western Australia yeah. um, and Victoria. And then there's the servicemen stuff. Um, and then there's also the possibility that maybe those big cats were already here and we just didn't know that. So you got less than a minute here, guys. It's oh, okay. Uh, it's tough. If you want to call up. me back and do a bit more, you can call me back just after the next 10 minutes if you want. We can go again if you want to ask a few more questions. Oh, we, we got a uh, like a one-hour sort of limit for the whole podcast. But, um, but okay. yeah. what would be really no good is um, to have you on again if you're keen to you know in the future. That'd be, right. that'd be super no keen. Yeah. Um, really Just appreciate it. another email whenever you're ready. Cool. Awesome. Th thanks so much for taking time. I know you're a busy man. Um, we really appreciate the chat. Ben and I have been talking yeah. about this subject for quite a while. Yeah. So, so happy to have someone who's, who is so involved and is a believer. Yeah, well, I, I just took it upon myself, mate. I'm no expert, but I know what I know. 
Oh, thanks very much. It's been really great. Always appreciate talking to someone who's uh, so passionate about what they what they believe in and what they do. So yeah, it's always great to chat. So great chatting to Neil from the Thylacine Awareness Group of Australia. Thylacine. Is that right this time? Thylacine. thylacine. I can't get this right. It's, the problem is I always say Tasmanian Tiger. So the Thylacine yeah. Awareness Group of Australia. It's awesome to chat to Neil and learn some more about what he's doing, what the group's doing and some of his sightings. So to see urge. those uh, paw prints that he showed, yeah. that was pretty incredible. Amazing. Yeah. So anyone who's interested in the topic, I would highly recommend to go and visit the website and also check out on Instagram and YouTube. We might put the, the links in our show notes. Mm. Yeah, for Great sure. chat. Um, i got a question for you. Yep. So I saw a comedian ask this the other day. Do you ever look at something on the internet and just thank God that you don't get aroused by it? Like Mr. Hands. <laughs> I've never thought about that. No, yeah. No, no, no. I've never thought about that. It's like, wow, oh, lucky I'm not getting a boner right now. That'd be weird. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. It happens to me all the time. <laughs> all right. I know we've been chatting for a while now. Mm. Chatted for Neil for a while. Should we waffle something? Are we going to waffle or is, do we have time for this week? Should we save it for next week? Uh, maybe we'll save it for next week. We've got other things to do. I know you went out and spent $85 on... Yeah, on um, And the pizza I didn't put in the freezer, so we're going to have to eat that. Oh, that sounds like a real challenge for you. <laughs> the maple syrup will last until the end of yeah, time. No worries. All right, we'll save that for next week. Okay, sorry. Uh, we'll do guess the movie. Yep. And then your wake-up scenario. Yeah. And then we'll, then we'll just go drink some beers. We've got our good friend so. Michael waiting downstairs exactly, for us. Exactly, exactly. So let's do that. Yeah, we'll save Domenica. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Right. So we'll do the movies. Sounds good. Uh, let's see if we can get this going. All right. Uh, I've got a big day of editing. I oh, know. Yeah, it's going to take me a week. All right, do you want me to go first? Yep. Let's go. Pictures up. Pictures up. Let's roll sound. Rolling. Rolling. Sound speeds. Picture a girl who just took a nosedive from the ugly tree and hit every branch coming down. <laughs> and Dan's got her shirt off. So he's working on this bra and he's trying to get it off. And all of a sudden, John just screams out. Danny, you're a young man. Don't do it. So it's Matt Damon and I've seen the film. Matt Damon. The Martian was on TV last night. It was a good movie. It's not The Martian. It's not The Martian. Because we've done you. it. Yeah, I wouldn't tell you what it's it was. It's not Talented Mr. Ripley. No, it's not. Oh, this is irking me now because I've seen this movie. It's released in 1998, starring quite a lot of actually Hollywood actors are in this movie. Uh, it was based on a historical event that occurred between the years of 1939 and 1945. It's not The Good Shepherd. No. Because he's in that. He's a, quite odd in that. Is he a shepherd? No. Oh, okay. Oh God, I've seen this. Tom as Hanks well. is also in it. Vin Diesel. No, no. no? Oh, it's not Fast and Furious. Yeah, either. no, no, yeah. no. That's where it is. All right. I, I knew it's about the war. It's um, Saving Private Ryan. It's Saving Private Ryan. Well done, Albert. Thanks for the tips. You're welcome. As soon as I heard that, I, was like, I haven't seen that movie for a while. It's an epic movie. Was it the Vin Diesel that tipped it off? You're a big Vin Diesel fan. No, I'm not at all. <laughs> all right. But war. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. Oh, excuse me. This is easy. I think. Let's go. You want a 
loud Sorry. Uh, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not sure because you know I'm not great with gangster movies but it's Al Pacino is it Scarface well done yeah I had a different clip which was all I've got is my balls and my honesty or yeah I pro- if you had done that part I probably wouldn't have guessed it yeah, but I thought nah yeah. let's put in the most famous most yeah. famous yeah. obvious yeah. so yeah right. well done Ben thank you uh, I think my next two will be challenging now I know this is completely unorthodox, but I think this is the only way to find that boy. Now that penis oh. had a mole on it. I'd recognize that penis anywhere. Oh, is that Porky's? It's Porky's. Well done, yeah. Yeah. It's such a good funny I movie. I saw Porky's four months ago. Did you? Yeah. Oh, I've seen it before. Yeah. Great movie. It is. Uh, where <laughs> did you great. watch it? Where did you watch it? Because I was trying to find Originally, it. Originally, I've got a downloaded version of it. Oh, okay. And then I think it was on, was it Stan maybe? Is it? Okay, I need to find it because it's just a classic 70s movie. I watched the second one as well. Yeah, it? Porky's Revenge or whatever. Yeah, not as good. No. But, uh, great movie. Yeah. It's where the whole American Pie, I think. Oh, yeah, it's just those movies that... inspired by one, right? Those classic 80s and 70s movies where just for no reason whatsoever, they're like, it's been 10 minutes, we need some naked girls walking around. <laughs> like, it's just no reason. So, yeah. Good old days. This one is a bit harder. Let's see. That's what she said. Well, send her a new memo. To Katie from Andy. Re, me being your boyfriend. Hunker down for doinkage. I don't bother. She's dating that douchebag from Camp Tiger Claw across the lake. Doesn't scare me. Check this out. Katie! So wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. So good. Have you watched the, uh, the TV? Seen it all. It's yeah. all great. It's good, eh? It's so funny. Awesome. The guy from LA, uh, NYPD. Yeah, with the he's the that, chef, and then there's that can. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a chef, and he's in love with the fridge and stuff. It's just so funny when you see a fully serious actor. Yeah, and then they go and they do something oh, ridiculous. It's, it's so it's, good. Yeah, it's, it's underrated. It is, but it's, by critics, but awesome. Yeah. So there's two TV shows and there's a movie. So two TV shows. So there's the first day of camp series. Yeah, and then there's. I keep mixing up between them all, but I think there's like 20 years later. Yeah, okay. Then there's a movie. It's so good. Yeah, yeah it's a it's a so dumb, such a dumb thing, but it's good. <laughs> all right, here's my final one. The words. Right, right, right. Say the words. Pacho! <clears throat> Barata! No idea. I don't think I've seen this movie. Oh, okay. Monty Python something? No, it's uh, Evil. It's Army of Darkness. It's oh, one of the Evil Dead I've series. I've got a couple of them Do you? downloaded pre-Netflix yeah. days, but I haven't watched them. Uh, yeah, they're actually pretty good. Good movies? Yeah, again, they're sort of like... Um, horror comedy. Horror comedy B-movies, yeah, but uh, fantastic. Okay. My last one? Yep, that's me, right? Let's do it. This one's hard, okay. I reckon. Did you come back to us for this? Fuck no. I barely knew Pete. I was hoping to see you here. I know your mom wouldn't give me your number. What, did you call my house? No, I was fucking her. <laughs> she still hates me, huh? Is it War Dogs? <laughs> You're on the money, Ben. Good, well yeah. done. New Year. <laughs> New Doing Year. Well, because you had a couple of had some tough ones, yeah, and, uh, yeah. Caught up a little bit. Yeah. It's about 46 to 17. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a good movie, that one. Yeah, that is. Yeah. 
That's great. So let's conclude the episode with a wake-up scenario. Oh, yes. We didn't do one of these last week, did we? No, we didn't. We did the one where you guys were just talking about jerking dudes off. Would you rather? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was your line. Of course. All right, wake-up scenario. So I thought long and hard about this. Okay. And came up with it late last night (laughs) while I was staring at the wall. Just tossing and turning in bed. (laughs) Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. You've woken up in a field with no memory and find an unknown dead person next to you. You have your phone, which is fully charged. You've got $5,000 and you've got a passport. What do you do? Uh, maybe see if there's... You've also got blood on you. Ah, are they male or female? Not heaps. It's a female. Just see if they're still warm, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, interesting. So they're definitely dead. I'd probably check to make sure that they're dead. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe check to see if I could take anything from their body <laughs> you know she's got she might have another five thousand dollars on her uh that could extend my stay in mexico uh fully charged phone i'm assuming it's my phone yes so, okay yes, it's your phone hmm, interesting so five thousand dollars is a dead body well i'm in a field no one's there probably look around maybe kick some grass over here and some move on with my life go take that five thousand dollars just return back to take the... to the casino see if i can turn it into ten thousand dollars and then if there's like a anything in the media that I find, maybe yeah. I'll check the news first, like uh, missing yeah. millionaire's daughter and see if I could see if it's that person. Yeah. If that's the sort of thing I'm involved in, then I'll probably try and leave the country. Yeah, Mexico sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do? It's a real tough one. It's like what you say, is this person missing? So I'm just going to steal some of your comments. Yeah. Or your thoughts. <laughs> I think a good idea is to Google. Mm-hmm. But then do you have that on your search? Yeah, but maybe you just Google it, You'd, buy a plane ticket and leave the phone You also don't know if people saw you with this person or yeah. or whether have you killed this person or have you been set up, have, have you been framed? Mm. So you've got blood on you. Well, who knows, you maybe found her unwell, dying, yeah. and you've tried to help her. Yeah. And someone's maybe slipped you some type of pill. Mm. You've woken up, you haven't done a thing, but yeah, so someone's framed you basically. There's a good chance you're going to go to jail for this. There is, that's the problem. Yep. So let's just say you didn't do it, you've been framed. Yep. Going to the police, you're going to go to jail. You wouldn't fit in in jail anymore now that you've had your tattoo removed as well. You wouldn't go in. (laughs) The other thing would be if there's footage of her with another person. Yeah. So the other thing is you you, you go to the police station, you give yourself up, you say, I found her, no idea what happened. You become a suspect straight away, yeah, right? You become yeah. a suspect. What happens is there is footage with, with like her you added. and you're with her. Mm. That's a problem nowadays, right? There's yeah, CCT footage, footage everywhere. Oh, but they could so also hard. prove your innocence. It's such a hard one. Like, I like to think I'm innocent mm. and do the good thing. The other part of you is you just try and get out of the country as soon as possible. You've got your passport. Yeah. Scan it out. Quickly Google somewhere where it doesn't have deportation with Australia. <laughs> so no agreement. Yeah, yeah. Fly there. You take your five thousand. The flight's probably say one way is maybe a grand to two grand. You still got three grand. Yep. Do that. You've got your passport for ID. You can use that to check. Oh, you got your passport hotels. on you, do you? Yeah. What? So you got your passport. So you can use it for ID if you fly oh, to okay. Mexico or Costa Rica or whatever. That's so, the 
the probably likelihood is but then you look really guilty yeah but the best thing is right so if you're not guilty yeah. you've just done a holiday right you keep an eye on the news yeah. and then it turns out like someone gets arrested you return back to Australia everything's then, uh, great but talking to my wife where is your husband yeah oh, going on holiday spontaneous yeah, yeah. Stress leave. But if you did do it, then you've also fled the country. So it's win-win, nothing just to leave the country, let mm. things blow over for a little while. So I'm looking at, go on Google, sorry, go on Chrome. In, <laughs> I use DuckDuckGo. In, um, in cognito mode. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe go to Bali. They probably got deportation. Yeah, dark web. Is this like... Maybe it's somewhere South America. Is it Mexico, uh, South America? Maybe go there, hide out for a while, come back. North Korea? Can't get in. Head into North Korea. And do a tour. Just say, yeah. Yeah, jump across the DMZ, go to South Korea. No. <laughs> no. So South America, America it is. South America. All right, so we're, we're agreed. We just leave the country. Yeah. Let things blow over. You can send Domenica a, a letter so it's not like traceable. <laughs> and say, I'll be back in six months. Or call my name Alberto <laughs> Gonzalez. Yeah, you, you're fluent in Spanish. See. Si. See. Si. <laughs> so there you go. You're, <laughs> you're done. You're sorted. <laughs> All right, um, let's go. Let's go drink have some a, more beers and have some food. Oh, yeah, I am pretty hungry. So, adios. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> See, you. See you, everyone. If you die, can I have your car? Sweet. Ah! Oh! Curious ramblings. <laughs>